Awande Industries Production. Wande Reads Podcast. Hello. Oh. <laughs> I'll turn oh, that. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hello. Welcome to the first episode of Wande Reads. We're a group of regular folks on a mission to empower ourselves and others through media literacy. In each episode, we'll break down different articles by assessing their point of view, potential biases, and how they affect the emotions of the people absorbing the content. This is all dissected from our personal perspectives in a casual dialogue together. Why don't we kick things off by introducing ourselves? Sounds great. I'm Charlie. So an Aussie guy traveling the U.S. with my partner, Alicia. I started Wonder Industries, a platform for education, research, and support to end human trafficking. There's a link in our show notes for you to learn more about it. Uh, we hope that through education and personal advocacy, we can inspire a community of people to end the traffic. Our counter movement focuses on shedding more light on the problem. So Alicia actually really helped me open up my eyes a bit more. Yep, that's me. Um, yeah, I studied human trafficking and did my thesis on it in my undergrad, and I'm hoping to uh, study that as well for my master's. Um, but we saw a lot while we were traveling in real time. And since then, the more we researched the topic, the more misinformation we found clogging our channels, um, which is actually why we started this podcast. These false stories are really burying the truth of what's going on and misdirecting resources. We want to equip ourselves with the tools to see through the noise and figured we should share our journey with others as well. Yep, yep. We want to help everyone be able to think critically about the content that we're consuming. And I think this is a good point to reiterate that we are not experts. We are regular people who just care about learning and growing and anyone can and should invest time in thinking critically about the messages presented to them. I'm Zoe, by the way. I met Charlie and Alicia through a mutual passion for travel and was inspired by their efforts at Wande. I'm currently quarantined in the States, but I've been traveling full-time for over three years. Yeah, thinking critically about the content we consume is especially important if we plan on spreading that content. So for this episode, we're going to focus on why it's important to be accountable for the information that you're sharing as it relates to Operation Not Forgotten. Cool. So Alicia, want to tell us about the situation? Yeah. So on August 27th this summer, the U.S. Marshal released a report that they found 39 missing children during this operation that they call Operation Not Forgotten. So it was a recovery service, essentially, for critically missing children throughout a two-week period. It's important to note that this is in the current context of conspiracy theories that are flying around about Donald Trump championing the battle against human trafficking done by a cabal of elite people. It's also important to note that what the U.S. Marshal released is a press release, um, which is basically an official statement that is delivered to the members of the news media for the purpose of providing information or making an announcement or an update about what they've been doing. And then hopefully the news or the media, whoever picks it up, will write a story about it. Yeah, and it seems like the report is pretty straightforward, but it does use some vague language. So if you look at the report, they say stuff like, quote unquote, critically missing, or just things that the average person might not have context for, including the titles that they have for the types of warrants that they're arresting people for. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, do, do you guys want to define like what critically missing actually is? Yeah. Um, so according to the Huffington Post, who did a really great breakdown of this, and we'll have that reference in our show notes, um, the term critically missing is basically an umbrella for a few things. So it could mean that they're being trafficked, but it could also just mean, well, not just, it could also mean they're being abused by their parents or they have a medical condition, which makes it more urgent to find them if they're missing. The report was also pretty unclear about several other things that you mentioned as well, Zoe, but also that it sounds like um, the children were all found together, but they actually weren't. They weren't all found together on the same day in the same location, and we don't really have the information when you originally read the report. Mm, So outside of that, I found the report pretty cut and dry, nothing particularly biased. Yeah, I I guess I agree for the most part. Um, But I do want to point out that they, like, reference sex-related offenses pretty often in the report, so that might give the wrong impression to someone who's casually screening it. Like, I think there's one part where they open it up with saying that these kids are these kids are vulnerable to sex trafficking and other things um but they kind of add the other things in between and so it kind of seems like the sex stuff is highlighted but yeah i i think that's more of like my personal impression of it than actual hard evidence that they're trying to mislead people um i think more of a question that we raised when we first reviewed this together was how often the U.S. Marshal actually releases reports like this. Because if it was coincidental in the context of all of the conspiracy theories, it would seem sort of weird and convenient, Um, especially because in the Marshal report, they include really emotional quotes and like half of the piece is about the past efforts that they've done over the years, which it's unclear if like that's all part of the same project or if it's part of something else. Um, so just to pull a quote from the Marshall Report, it says, When we track down fugitives, it's a good feeling to know that we're putting the bad guy behind bars, who is the chief of the missing child unit. And it's hard to put into words what we feel when we rescue a missing child, but I can tell you that this operation has impacted every single one of us out here. So it's definitely like great that they're doing that, and I don't want to take away from that at all, but it just seems kind of like sensationalized to add that into this report. Yeah, definitely. And after uh, doing some digging, we found out that the U.S. Marshal does actually release stuff like this to the press all the time, like at least every week, if not multiple times a week. So the fact that the press uh, decided to highlight this now uh, is probably more of a reflection on them taking advantage of the current climate and the conspiracy mm. theories that have been going around this summer. Uh, so we, we also have to consider the press release by nature are going to be a little fluffy as they're intended <laughs> to be promotional and content to share. Why don't we get into how this uh, was picked up by the press in the first place? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about one of the articles that was written about the U.S. Marshall Report, which was the New York Times. And for anyone that's listening, we are basically evaluating media messaging from six key points. So one is who created the message. We want to address what kinds of techniques that they're using to grab your attention, how people from different um, places or like from different perspectives might understand the message and how they presented the point of views and what lifestyles might be represented or not represented from it and why the message is being sent and who it's for. So 
the end of it, we kind of want to see what the untold story is by reading in between the lines. And in every piece of media, there's subtext that is both deliberately and subconsciously being shared. So we'll have a link to a worksheet with these questions for you to do your own assessments. But um, let's jump into the assessments. So for the first question, who would you say created the message? Um, for me, I, I just wanted to reference Gaslit Nation, which is an awesome podcast. I recommend it to everyone. But they call the New York Times highbrow Breitbart. And the reason for this is because they have a bunch of examples of reporters that deliberately withhold information from the public um, just for profit so that they can like land book deals. And they've also done some other questionable things. Um Looking quickly on the internet, I found out that the New York Times has about 38% of their readers are in an income bracket of $75,000 or above, so definitely like upper middle class folks, if not more. Um, what do you guys think about the New York Times? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely like a left-leaning or known as a left-leaning publication, whether or not that's actually true. Um, and I definitely, I mean... When you think of like newspapers or publications, a lot of people think of like the New York Times. Like most people know of the New York Times, whether they're from the United States or internationally, um, they're a very notorious publication. Fair enough. Um, what techniques would you say that they use to grab attention with this? Um, well, definitely the title, um, which for those who aren't reading this, the title is Missing Children Rescued in Georgia Sex Trafficking Bust. So if I saw that, I would be like, Woof. what? And click on it immediately. <laughs> um, so it's definitely a sensationalized headline, as we find out later. And it's definitely what people refer to as clickbait. Like, you want to know what that means right away. You want to know what they're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. the first line also reads, nearly 40 missing or endangered children have been rescued. And if you read the U.S. Marshall's report that it's referring to, they say 39. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't seem like mm -hmm. that big of a deal to round it up, but it also seems mm -hmm. strange that they feel it's necessary to round it up. I know, Charlie, you had mentioned this earlier. Like, what are your yeah. feelings around that? Uh, my feelings... I guess when when I first read that, I was like, "Why? Why did people always round up?" And it's almost <laughs> like when you're in an argument with your with your partner or something, oh, they always like, you always do Pretty this, personal. and you always you do that, and so it's like you know you always kind of round it up, make it worse than it is. Mm. And I feel like <laughs> just not trying to make things worse here right now, <laughs> but, but it's like like. Yeah, the fact that they rounded that up, I feel like, so when when does that actually ever stop? So is the next article, when they have 390, is it going to be 400? Or is it, and then when, does it get, the, the rounding up gets bigger and bigger or something, you know what I mean? So, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I also think that with the type of podcast we're doing, we probably are extra critical of stuff so maybe that's not as big of a deal but it is worth like mentioning mm. and to be aware mm. of for sure yeah um, right. uh oh so one of the things that i thought was kind of misleading was 
there in the U.S. Marshall Report, it doesn't actually say that anyone was being sex trafficked. So just calling it a sex trafficking bust is really, really misleading. If anything, it just says that these people are likely or vulnerable to that sort of thing, but not that they are actively being trafficked right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that the New York Times like organized their piece makes it seem like these people were actively in the middle of like sex trafficking um, when some of them were just found at a friend's house. Yeah, I think that's like such a big problem because it it didn't happen essentially. Another thing that was interesting is that they go on later to say and to choose to end the article that according to Washington, roughly 300 young girls in the Atlanta area are lured into trafficking every month. Um, One of his most important messages for victims of trafficking is we will never stop looking for you. So they actually misquoted this. Never in the U.S. Marshals report did they refer to any of the children as specifically sex trafficking victims. And when he quoted this, this was actually directed to missing children, which it very clearly states, not to traffic children or victims of trafficking, which is what the New York Times decided Mm. to write. So that was interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So the warrants for the arrests were for charges of um, parental kidnapping, crimes related to sex trafficking, and um, some registered sex offender violations, drugs and weapons possessions, and custodial interference. So... Like I said earlier, like some of these things definitely are related to sex crimes, but there's also it's also worth noting that like sex offender violations could be a variety of things. So that's sort mm-hmm. of where the vagueness of U.S. Marshall's report kind of makes it confusing to like the lay person. Um, but yeah, like there's so many different things that could have happened. Like people were could have been someone's mom who's being arrested because they have a bad relationship with the dad and are like trying mm-hmm. to take the child away and that's not necessarily like someone being busted for prostitution right it's it's also interesting too because they actually never really clearly state if the people that were arrested those arrests had actually anything to do with the missing child that they were with Um, a lot of them were outstanding warrants so we actually don't even know if these are remotely connected to the child that they were with very true yeah it's just very unclear on all bases Oh, and the person that the New York Times misquoted, by the way, is the U.S. Marshals Director, Donald Washington. Mm -hmm. And one line I wanted to pull out was toward the end, the New York Times says, according to Washington, the U.S. Marshals Director, roughly 300 girls in the Atlanta area are lured into trafficking every month. So just like from Mm -hmm. that alone, um, I feel like the language of using lured as a verb might be misleading just because while that does happen and is definitely something to be looked into, it's not necessarily clear in this report that they're reporting on that this is the case. Like people could also go into sex trafficking kind of by choice or just as a circumstance of their environment, not like someone like a dark shadowy figure is actively bringing them into sex trafficking but the way that they wrote that makes it sound like that's the case like someone who um is a prostitute could be considered trafficked but they're not necessarily someone who's like kidnapped and forced into doing that Mm. right there's no one no physical person necessarily is standing behind them forcing them to do this 
Um, it's more the circumstances of the environment that are forcing them to do this. So yeah, people really look at trafficking as like someone is making this person do this when we're not actually usually looking for a someone. And also something that you brought up earlier, Zoe, I think, was that are these numbers accumulative or are they mm-hmm. rollover? <laughs> They're accumulative. I mean, you're talking about millions here that are in Georgia being trafficked currently, considering mm-hmm. the rate of those that are being rescued. Yes. So is it like 300, could, could they be the same girls that are counted towards trafficking the next month or these like brand new people that are bring being brought into trafficking Mm. so i feel like the way that language there is kind of unclear but alicia i think you also said that that was an incorrect statistic as well yeah we're unclear where they got that from because it's not in the u.s marshall report but just quick research of it it is in the ballpark in all of Georgia. So the New York Times says that 300 people, every young girls, underage girls are trafficked every month in Atlanta. That is false. It's roughly 200 to 400 girls every month in all of Georgia. So that was just sensationalized statistic that is very interesting that they added in there. All right, well, so moving on to the next question to assess this doc. How would you guys say different people understand this message? So just as a disclaimer to anyone that's listening, we will admit we are liberal leaning. Um, And so from my standpoint, maybe someone who isn't trying to be critical of this article, they would be pumped. They'd be like, heck yeah, the government is getting it all together and helping to save all these people. What would your guys' take on that be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really important one. And, and we kind of talked about this earlier, and we'll, we'll dive deeper into this. But if you read this, and you don't know what the US Marshals actual contribution is, or what their normal responsibilities are, and you also don't really know how sex trafficking operates, which so many people don't, it's why we're here. If you read 39 missing children were rescued in a sex trafficking bus, do you think, oh, great, awesome, that's it. That's not it. Like, there's so much more that has to happen after kids get recovered from whatever circumstance they were in, because usually the fact that they were even at risk for trafficking means that their normal environment, their normal home life makes them a risk factor and it's not a safe environment for them to be in. Uh, So if there is an adequate system set up, which there usually aren't, these kids will often just continue to be at risk for trafficking or will continue to be trafficked, kind of how our justice system works. You know, like if people end up in the justice system, and there's no, nothing's changed in their system, they have no more resources, um, not adequate care, they're probably going to end up back in jail as well. So it's so kind like, of the same system as that. On the surface, this is kind of like a feel-good piece, but it's missing right. a lot of context. Absolutely. We definitely don't have that. And also, we actually don't even have to assume what people who aren't us would think. There's actually really high-profile people that garnered hundreds of thousands of responses just by mm-hmm. tweeting about it. Um, Alicia or Charlie, do you guys want to like take one of the tweets? I have one right here. The one that really went viral that a lot of us saw was, how is finding 39 missing children mm-hmm. in a double-wide trailer here in Georgia not the biggest news story in America? Yeah, that one had like that one had 522.2 thousand hearts and mm-hmm. 158.3,000 thread responses. And that doesn't right. include like quote retweets and stuff too. Um This person so, also appears to not be like any sort of he's not a celebrity, he's not an influencer, like it was just a a person in Georgia who tweeted this that um the first don't really right. know anything about. 
and, and got that kind of attention. He says that the children were found in a double wide trailer. And yeah. nowhere in either of the things we've read say anything about a trailer, mm. which right. I don't know. It just kind of makes either somewhere else said something misinforming or he just made that up and filled in the gaps but with the like image of the unmarked van that like kidnaps kids. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> and people really went crazy for that. But yeah, I mean, so many news outlets pick this story up and not a lot of them seem to have done much original reporting. So it's, it is interesting where this double wide trailer fact came in from, but from what we read, we didn't really see that. It's definitely not in the original report. Yeah. It's not even in the like B roll or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like didn't you say maybe like two kids were found together but the other ones were kind of found doing other things like at friends houses right. and stuff almost all the kids that were found were completely unrelated to each other so definitely not 39 children piled into a double wide trailer which is quite the image and the other quote is from someone who says 39 kids were recovered from traffickers in georgia at least 15 were sexually abused Law enforcement officers saved their lives. How is this not the biggest story in America right now? And it got like 52.8 thousand likes and 19.1 thousand people responded in the thread. Do you guys remember anywhere in the U.S. Marshals report that said that 15 of them were sexually abused? No, that's not true. (laughs) Am I missing something? (laughs) I just feel like that's a huge leap and it's worth mentioning that the person who tweeted that is the founder of a right-wing student group called turning point usa that's very interesting so i don't know i mean i i honestly don't spend that much time on twitter because outside of work because i feel like it's a cesspool for misinformation (laughs) like this but maybe somewhere in that thread he explains the 15 specific people who were sexually abused Right. Maybe he has more information. Just based on (laughs) what we're reading, I would say that is false. It's interesting, too, that he says law enforcement officers saved their lives. And now that you said that he's a right-wing student group, it's it's just interesting timing um, about amid protests and BLM and Mm. everything. um, That's what he's choosing to focus on in this tweet as well. This isn't just average police officers doing this, too. This is the U.S. Marshal Service. Uh, them with five other organizations um, working together to recover the kids. But I digress. And those organizations that they're working with are not necessarily law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Woof. Mm. All right. Well, (laughs) the next thing to look at is what points of views or values might be represented or represented by this. So just right off the bat, for me, I it comes from the perspective of the U.S. Marshal, obviously, because they're the one releasing the story. Um, so it's kind of just like these heroes coming in and helping all of these people. So it's from their perspective, but not the perspective of the missing children or the potential vi- victims. And I think that's an important thing to note because, like, like you said, Alicia, earlier, there's a lot of nuance to this. It's not just like once they're saved, everything is jolly. Like these kids had a history and they they might have been in terrible environments before. Maybe they were being brought back into these bad environments. So maybe this might have actually been worse for them or they're being put into these centers that actually kind of traumatize them more. So I think that it's easy to be like, hell yeah, this is awesome without thinking like, oh, wait, there's other people that might have more context to this and change the way we feel about it. Right. We always have to look at the context. 
so important. Um, Charlie, you had also added something to that, like 40 kids out of the 300, whatever it is in Georgia that are being trafficked yeah. monthly. Like that's only 10% of the trafficked people in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I feel like just like any bystander saying that to a comment, when I really think about it, it's like, so what about all the rest of them, you know? Like, I mean, I I'm not going to try to take credit away from people trying to do their jobs and stuff like that, but I think it really does paint a picture that are we doing enough? I mean, what about the rest of them? Or is it really painting a picture that is the situation actually a lot more difficult to deal with and handle? So, you know, just staying like in a little political sort of point of view there is that from both sides is it actually a lot harder to control and actually find these children than than it really is you know than it's playing out to be right which i think like most people work as we've all seen and talk with and the people doing this kind of work we're actually working to stop or prevent uh trafficking in any form, especially for children, it, it is very nuanced. There's a lot of factors and it's very difficult. And for this in particular, because we also know, and to reiterate again, like this is actually a false story. 39 children, again, were not rescued or 40 kids in a sex trafficking bust. But as you're saying, like if that was, that's a very small percentage. And then there's no indication of what happens to these kids in that article. So yeah, so if these kids also like are being rescued, Well, and thinking about how you mentioned that this was in collaboration with five other organizations, I just realized the New York Times don't mention those other organizations like at all. So it seems like this is very much focused on like the U.S. Marshall doing good stuff, but not considering the other organizations who might have also been doing really important work. So that makes me feel like the point of view is like to fl- like really like this really is a fluff piece for the u.s marshal whereas right. the press release from yeah. the u.s marshal is like yeah that's what it's intended to do but even they at least reference the organizations that they partnered with whereas the the new york mm-hmm. times made the decision not to include that in this statement exactly that mm-hmm. is interesting because they did make the decision to not include a lot of information that's important and then they made the decision to add information that is not true so that's just mm. fascinating to me, honestly. <laughs> um, so why would you guys say that this message is being sent then with all of that in mind? Well, someone was on their case about, do you have an article this week? Oh, I've been thinking about a few things, but here it is. Right. We whipped it up in like 20 minutes before it got fired or something. I would imagine that they like saw that tweet that went viral, literally yeah, like dug for this to. press release that correlated yeah. and then just regurgitated this information. It's like mm. how not to plagiarize 101, the way that they reworded it, yeah. and then filled in the rewording with inferences from those tweets that are all about sex trafficking. Well, I guess they wanted to be the first to, to send something out before anyone else did. That's right, but that's like so embarrassing. Yeah, that I mean, I what you said is fair. I agree, like, it kind of just seems as though they want to be on top of the quote-unquote breaking news stories, right. especially stuff related to, like, key buzzwords like sex trafficking. Yeah, and it does, like, I mean, whether this is purposely lazy reporting or this is just generally, like, lazy reporting, because of the fact that so much stuff is kind of false and everything else is just regurgitated of what the U.S. Marshall press release says, 
it does feel like they kind of just like wanted to quickly put something out on the same day that the press release came out and be like on top of the story. And hopefully that's all that that is because it's it's interesting that there doesn't appear to be any additional information or, or fact checking happening in this article. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, they they're really trying to sell this article. Yeah. 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 I think mm-hmm. what I compared this to before was like being in high school and just rewording your textbook and submitting that as an essay, except at least the textbook has a lot of information and context, whereas this had very little information and context. Well, it's a classic like real estate move when they try to sell a house. I mean, you're not going to tell all the flaws and you probably make up some little thing wow. along the way that you literally, really want to sell that house. No, no, yeah, literally never want to buy a house <laughs> from Charlie. Yeah, exactly. Like, now I know why that career was going. have a lot of integrity from you, Okay, you just told us all your tactics. <laughs> These are the tactics I learned from others, which I did not. Sure. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, I did not use these. Okay. I did not use these. Anyway, um, who would you say that this message was meant for? I think it was meant for the upper middle class Americans that read the New York Times and kind of want to feel good about their government and feel like (laughs) this might be biased, but my impression is that someone who lives in the suburbs is reading this either on their computer or like maybe on a, in a newspaper and it's, they're like, wow, like this crazy stuff is happening to less fortunate, impoverished people in a very far removed existence from my life. But at least we're doing good for them by saving them. Right. That is exactly what I picture. <laughs> so now that we've assessed the article, we should dig into what the ultimate impact was. And we kind of talked about that earlier with like the people who tweeted about it. Um, but yeah, what would you say was the result of all of this? Well, I think that this New York Times article and again, several other media outlets also picked this story up on the same day or the day after and painted it as a sex trafficking story. But few were, were as clearly biased as this, um, were clearly falsified. So basically it creates a sex trafficking story that is essentially not true using incorrect stats and misrepresented quotes and clickbait um, headlines. So it created a narrative that we know isn't accurate. Basically from there, we know that people tweeted about it and filled in the gaps as well, which is kind of what the New York Times do with this article and what they imagine the situation to be. And we know that the double wide trailer comes into play. It's just a reminder of just like how important it is to fact check check things, even if it's a publication you respect and trust, like the New York Times, that they also do false reporting and can be guilty of that. And it's not, we really shouldn't just be accepting things at face value. The U.S. Marshall's report is available for anyone to see on their website. And especially for this kind of thing, it'd be so important to read that because when you read the report, it is very different than this article that came out. Yeah, I found out about this because one of my friends who I'm staying with, he was like, oh, did you hear about the big sex trafficking ring? Like the kids they found in a trailer? definitely read that from the tweets that I'm pretty sure was screenshot on Instagram and to my friend's credit I was like dang like no I didn't that's crazy like huge news and I started coming up with all these theories like oh wow now that Ghislaine Maxwell is arrested in jail maybe this came (laughs) as a result of that but no like when you actually read it you find out these were all just things that we make up to fill in the gaps when we don't have the actual information 
and how many other people were like me and my friend who just sat there and took like first read it and didn't bother to follow up on it. And I honestly don't know if it weren't for my interest in Wande, if I had would have invested extra time in pursuing it further. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's so important because like who would also like most people that are going to read that most people don't spend their time like digging into human trafficking articles like we do. Like that's not usually like a pleasant thing for people to learn about. And if you see this article and you think things are all good, it's also not exactly an article you feel like you need to fact check. Like this sounds very straightforward. Like, mm-hmm. oh, these kids were rescued in a sex trafficking bus by the government. How could this be false? So it is so interesting to read something like that that reads very unbiased and reads as very factual and straightforward. And then to find out it's like completely false. It's so interesting. Yeah, and I would think that the New York Times would be responsible for fact-checking stuff like that because it's literally their job as reporters. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's seeming clearer and clearer that as they try to scramble and make up for all the money that they've been losing, that they're just eager to Mm. pump out content. And maybe, and also, I mean, to their credit, like they are humans too, maybe they slip up here and there. So it is important when it comes to receiving big news and stuff like this to make sure that it's accurate, especially in a time where literally anyone on the internet can say anything about anything and claim that it's true. Right. Mm -hmm. And they are and they will. (laughs) So yeah, it's so important. That is interesting because you also think of that and like, you know, that is their job to fact check it. And it's the editor's job to review that and also fact check it. And the fact that something like this slipped through the cracks feels very interesting or like it wouldn't be, how could it slip through the cracks? Seems like such Um, heavy negligence. Right. And we do, just to know that we're talking about responsibility, we do know that later on um, they release like every week kind of a roundup of what's fake news. And they released one and they included this story in that roundup and they didn't really um, call (laughs) themselves out on false reporting. So that was interesting. They called out a lot of other people, but they didn't really include. We also misposted an incorrect article. So not a lot of responsibility. If anyone from the New York Times is listening to this, you know what? It's totally fine (laughs) to admit when you're wrong. Can we just say that it's chill? Like when you did something wrong to fess up for it? Can we like create a culture Mm -hmm. of that? Because like it's totally fine once if you're presented with new information to change your mind and acknowledge this new information right please do cool well high five guys i feel like that was a really good assessment charlie you want to close us out well besides drop bears being a real thing what what um (laughs) i'm sorry what (laughs) i'm just what are drop bears? I think so uh, yeah, that was a lot to uh, unpack there, and um, we're gonna have a lot of articles that we're gonna be going through in the next coming weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about human trafficking and how to fight it, just follow us on Instagram or jump on our website at One Day Industries. And you can also check out the link on our show description for our for us on our website. The methodology of our platform stands on research, education, and community outreach from people like you. That was awesome, Charlie. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.
<laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh my god. That was great. But I'm sorry, what was drop biz? Thank you.